Amen. I've had Lee already pray over the service and stuff, so I'm just going to dive right in. I titled this, You Are the Light of the World. You Are the Light of the World. Uh, obviously, that comes from Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16. And I'm going to ask that you just listen. Um, do we? I, I think maybe I typed that up there, did I? Um, so this is out of the Message Bible, which is not a Bible that I use a whole lot. The Message Bible is not a translation. Um, Eugene Peterson uh, wrote the Message Bible, and he wrote it for his children, so that there would be a book that his kids could understand. So if you ever get to a portion of Scripture that is just difficult to, for you to comprehend, turn and look at it in the Message Bible. Um, so I mean, he wrote it for children, so <laughs> I can I get it. Um, But I want you to, I want you to just uh, hear, now this is a portion of scripture that you know, and uh, all of us know this, all of us have heard this scripture before, so just listen to it from the message. Um, Verse 13, out of chapter 5 of Matthew, he says, let me tell you why you're here. You ever asked that in prayer? Have you ever asked the Lord, why am I here? He says, you're here to be salt seasoning. That brings out the God flavors of this earth. Is that not awesome? I read that and I thought, oh, I've got to bring this to the congregation. He says, if you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and you'll end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light. Bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, do you think I'm going to hide you under a bucket? Do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven is that not awesome jesus we come before you today i thank you lord for your word i pray god let the spirit of the lord penetrate our hearts with the word of god lord let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight for you are my rock and my redeemer in jesus name i am preaching a series on servanthood um, to the congregation this is the fourth lesson that we will have talked about And so each week I'm trying to go back and review a little bit to catch you up because it makes sense if you if you put this in order. At least it makes sense in my mind. Um, So the very first lesson I talked about was the mindset of the world does not go well in the house of God. Actually, when we bring the mindset of the world into the house of God, it always, always, always causes division. And God's not part of division. God's part of unity. And so the mindset that we really was addressing is self-promotion over service. So Jesus says this in Matthew 20, verse 25 and 26. He said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And those who are, are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to be great among you, let him be your servant. So the mind of Christ, the mind of the kingdom of God is a, is a mindset of service. So when you come into church and you find the church where God wants you, you don't look for your place to rule. Amen. You look for your place to serve. Amen. 
It's not about you being seen. It's not about people knowing you. It's not about people getting to know you or like you. It's about where can I serve the kingdom? And wherever God blesses that, that you will get to be known. But you know why you're going to get to be known? For your great service. That's what Jesus was known for. Remember when Jesus tied a towel around his waist and he started washing the disciples' feet? What was that all about? It was a demonstration of our mindset that we are here to serve in the kingdom, not to rule in it. He rules, we serve. Is that not good? The le- second lesson is God has gifted each one of us, and I'm, I'm really trying to drive this into you. God's gifted each one of us with a gift, with something that's specific to you, that God has blessed you. There are no left outs. There's no one in this world that God has not uniquely gifted their life with an ability um, to serve Him in. And so when you put your gift with your service, it's like double power. It's like, man, that just... Uh, my spiritual father, he was in the church one day and he was cleaning the church and he was... Picking up gum, literally this is what he's doing. He's scraping gum off the bottom of the pews when the Lord spoke to him. And he led song service, he taught Sunday school, he was the head of the youth, and he cleaned the church. And the Lord said this to him, when are you going to start serving me? As he's scraping gum off the bottom of the pew. And he said, do you see what I'm doing? Are you familiar with everything that I do in this church? And he said, yes. And I'm not asked you to do one of those things. (laughs) And if Jesus doesn't ask you, then he doesn't reward you. See, the blessing comes when you do what he asks you to do. That's when God adds His power and His anointing with your talent and you have an explosion of goodness, right? So, can you work in the coffee bar? Yeah, you can work in the coffee bar. Can you greet people at the door? Yeah, you can greet people. Can I sing on the worship service? Probably not. (laughs) Two two out of three is not bad, right? (laughs) You get what I'm saying? You can do a lot of things, but is that what God wants you to do? Is that what God has gifted you to do? Because that's when you'll benefit the kingdom, is when you add your gift. Number three, last week, was we must be a church with an outward focus. It's not about these walls. I wish we could blow them out. We're going to have to real soon, blow one of them out at least. We, we need to blow out the wall. In your mind, blow out the walls. Because we're a... We're a church set on a hill. God did not call Bridge of Hope into being to be another church. He called it to be an influencer in this, in this community. And I've asked you this question. If our church dissolved today, would the city miss us? And I dare say the answer, unfortunately, is probably not. But there's coming a day. Real soon, when the answer will change. And the answer will be, yeah, absolutely. They would miss it if we wasn't here. And when is that day? 
It's when every person takes their talent and begins to serve the kingdom. And out of that will come influence in the community. So when you're an outward focused church, you have to have everything right on the interior. And this sounds like double talk, I know. The more we talk about being outwardly focused, the more we have to have our our game together. Does that make sense? We've got to have the ushers. We've got to have the door greeters. We've got to have the people that keep the bathrooms clean. We've got to have a strong word. We've got to have great praise. Why? Because we're going out to get them. To bring them into something they've never seen before. You know what else the Lord told me? He said, you, this will be the first church that you're not going to be able to tell whether it's a white church or a black church. I have prayed that for 12 years, but it was the first time the Lord ever told me it's coming to pass. Hallelujah. That's going to be exciting, right? That is going to be exciting. Come bring it on, Jesus. Bring it on. So he says this, you know, we also have to have the same motive as he did. And so the mission of Jesus, we know a couple of them. We know that Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. If he did it, you got to do it. You got to seek out. You get that? They ain't coming to you. You got to go to them. You got to use your nose. I smell a sinner. <laughs> Be spiritually discerning is what I'm saying. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. You know the second thing I noticed in Scripture? He came to destroy the works of the enemy. You know that's what this church is called to do? We're called to crush it. What if we crush alcoholism in Paris, Tennessee? Woo! Would that not be awesome? And I know some of you think that and never happened. Well, you're probably in the wrong church. <laughs> don't, don't rain on my parade. <laughs> Jesus' mission is to preach the gospel to the poor. It's to heal the brokenhearted. He come to preach recovery of sight to the blind, to set captives free, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. <laughs> you know what the acceptable year of the Lord is? Today is the day of salvation. If you get saved November 26 of 2023, guess what? This is an acceptable year of the Lord. But you know, I think there might be a double meaning. The acceptable year of the Lord might be the day you get saved or the day that God really transforms your heart. You know, there's, there's moments in your life after salvation when God does such a work. Yeah, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven, but I'm still captive. And the day that God sets you free, that's a pretty good day, right? Has any of you, has any of you, I think you'll be willing to admit this, has the Lord delivered any of you from smoking? Look, look at the hands. That, you, you folks answer me. Was that a good day? Yes. Absolutely. Lord deliver you from alcoholism, that's a good day. The Lord bring you out of drugs, that's a good day. But it's not nearly as good as the day I want to talk to you for a second, just a second. 
There's a day coming when the trump of the Lord is going to sound. And that's going to be the acceptable year of the Lord. You see, the Bible says induce, this is not in my notes at all, but he says induce season. At the right time, God sent his son to come as a child. But there's another appointed day that's coming that nobody knows. Even Jesus said he didn't know when he was on the earth. I think he does know now. But when he was on the earth, he did not know. He was left out from him. And it's the day that he's coming back for his bride. And I believe that we're close. And I believe that when the Jesus said, lift up your eyes, the fields are, the fields are white into harvest. If there ever was a day when that was true, it's today. Folks, there are some people that we better get them in. We better get them in. Your children. Your prodigals. Your aunts, uncles, moms, and dads need. There are people that I know and have went to church with that are not living for God right now. There are people that I'm dearly associated with that the Lord told me that morning. He said, they're not walking with me right now. And it scares me. I'm like, but they're my friend. And I know that I'm going to have to have a very serious conversation with some of these people very soon. Because I love them. And I see love, in most of our minds, love would say, oh no, if you love them, let them go. No, no, that's not true. If you love them, you need to have a conversation with your family. I don't believe that we need to harp. I don't believe that we beat them over the head with the Bible. But I believe that we owe everybody a conversation that goes something like this. Sam, Jesus is coming soon. And only you know if you're going, if you're ready. And maybe that's all you say. Maybe that's all that needs to be said. I'm not going to condemn you. I'm not going to beat you. But I do want you to know, he's coming soon. Folks, I believe that time is ticking down. And, and we're, we're soon to see the arrival of Christ. So, I read this scripture to you. You're the light of the world. So, my number one point today is how do we accomplish the mission? How, how do we do what Jesus is asking us to do. Say, what, what are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about being salt and light. Because that's what he said. So when I think about being light, I think about a prism. You see, you know what a prism is? You remember in fifth grade science class, you, they talked about prisms and they held up a little piece of probably of crystal or something. And it was, you know, it had a lot of cuts and and... and yeah okay whatever it was just it was, usually they're not smooth they're just cut up and he held it and he'd hold it up to the light to the window and as he held it up to the sunshine of that coming through that window and it pierced that prism it just spread out all over the room with different colors right do you know god has called you to be a prism hmm. god has called you let me read this. C.S. Lewis said this. Don't shine so people see you. Shine so that through you they see Jesus. Isn't that good? Isn't that what it's really all about? I want people to see me. I want them to see Christ in me. I, I was thinking as I thought about this service. You know, light gives us direction. 
right? If you ever lost anything and you're in the dark, you're groping around for it, but you get a flashlight and uh, wow, voila, there it is. Um, so light helps us to be able to point out the way. So if you've went uh, on a street reach with Tevin, <laughs> Tevin, raise, raise your hand there. That's Tevin. He's uh, just celebrated two years sober. Hallelujah. You know, I I know some of you are thinking, you shouldn't say that out loud in the church. No, that's what the church ought to celebrate. So if you've ever went with Tevin on a street reach and... You get in his community. He grew up here. He's lived in this neighborhood. And people come to him and they'll say something like this. I always use you because you sat right there, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Aren't you Tevin? And Tevin is meek. He's, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I thought about that a lot. Why, why do they all come with the same question? Are you, aren't you Tevin? See, because 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, said that when you surrender your heart to Jesus, when He becomes Lord and Savior, you become a new creation in Christ. See, what I realize is they recognize the body. They don't recognize the Spirit. Is that not awesome? So when they're saying, aren't you Tevin? They are reconciling the body with a new spirit, man. Isn't that good? I mean, isn't that what Jesus wants to do in every one of us? So we are triune beings, uh, body, soul, and spirit. God saved his spirit. He's made a new man in his spirit. His soul is his mind. His mind, will, and emotions. And that is transformed by the renewing of your mind. Through the Word of God. It's when the Word of God and the Spirit of God comes together and begins to change your thought life. So God made him a new creation. Got the same old body, right? Sorry about that, aren't you? (laughs) Sure wish when I got saved I lost 30 pounds. (laughs) But that didn't happen. But, you know, you still walk in this flesh which deals that body and that body deals that soul a big battle. And it's day, the Bible says it's day after day after day that you're being renewed from glory to glory. That's here. And when we start talking on Wednesday nights about the warfare, we're talking about this, folks. When we pray about your strongholds, we're praying about this. You get this? Your spirit is saved. You're going to heaven, hallelujah. Right? One of these days, you're going to drop this old flesh... And that spirit man's shooting up through the clouds to be with the Lord forever. But this is what we deal with day in and day out. And Jesus says, I want you to be light. I want you to be salt. I don't want you to think like the world thinks. I don't want you to look like the world looks. I want people that have known you in your past to come up to you and say... Aren't you Derek? Well, yes, I am. Well, you don't look exactly right. 
Well, that's because I ain't exactly right. <laughs> Pick the right guy for that illustration. <laughs> because Jesus has saved my soul. Salt preserves. It resists the moral corruption and decay of this world. It cleanses a wound. It brings healing to hurting physically, emotionally, and spiritually. You get that? The salt that is in you can heal someone's hurt. Should I say it again? The salt that is in you, that's Jesus, the salt that is in you can heal the brokenhearted. (laughs) If you think he's got another method, he doesn't. The method that God has chosen to change the world is you. That's a bit sobering. Today in Sunday school, we talked about when Jesus came and talked to Peter and said, feed my lambs three times. Do you love me? And we debated that a lot. What was he doing? It was imperative. Listen to my words. It was imperative to Jesus that Peter get back on board. Are you dealing with that? I'm going away. And I'm leaving it in your hands. And you can flounder for, for a month or two months or, or years. But that is not my will. I need you. Am I reading this wrong? That's the way I'm seeing this. Jesus literally is sending us a message that says, you got to stay salty. Because if you lose your saltiness, you just need to be thrown out. Can I say something? And I don't like talking about the church because the church is God's bride. And a wise man never talks about a man's wife. Now you may talk about her. (laughs) But you don't talk about a man's wife. It'll get you hit in the face. What did it get you? Because you bring out the grizzly in that man. Right? And so when you talk about the church, you better be careful because that's the bride of Christ. But if I had to say something, I would say this. By and large, the church has lost its saltiness. You know, there's an old saying that says, you can't lead a horse to water. But my brother always says, but you can salt its oats. And if you salt a horse's oats, he will find water, right? And so if we are salty enough, wherever God places you, you are going to salt people's oats just by being you. Does that make sense? You're going to make people thirsty. For what they see in you. I remember in seventh grade. I had a little boy come to me. My my friend. And he said this. He said. I don't know what it is about you. But I want to be like you. And in seventh grade. I was pretty ignorant. And I said. I speak in tongues. You want to speak in tongues? <laughs> and he didn't want to. And neither did his mama want him to. <laughs> Salt adds flavor. 
We really do flavor the earth. We create thirst. Um, I also said it makes you retain water and causes kidney stones, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) The last part of this out of the Message Bible, he says, shine. I, I think that's a direct word from the Lord. Shine. And then he says, keep, o- keep open house. You know what he's saying? Would you please let people in? You know, when you talk to Denny, I always lose Denny in the congregation. There you are. He sits over here sometimes, over here. <laughs> Denny will tell you, I'm not a people person. You know, I, I do better preaching from up here than I do one-on-one conversations. But I've never seen a man change as much as Denny in Africa. You see, it's something about when you get in God's presence and doing His work, all of a sudden, even those that want to close your door to the outsiders begins to open the door and say, come on in. So if you're the mindset that, you know, no, I, I, I don't like people that much, when you hear the word of the Lord says, keep open house, then you know you've got a problem. And you need to move in with the Lord. You hear me? Are, are you hearing this? You've got to move in with the Lord so that your attitude becomes like His attitude. He says that, um, where am I at? Okay, He says, shine, keep open house, let the people in. And He says, be generous. That's not just with your money. That's with your time. Do you know it's easier to get money from people today than it is time? Because we have, I know this is foreign to some of you, many people have more time and more money than they do time. And so they, if you go to say, hey, I need suffering from you, they'll reach back to their wallet. But don't ask me for a day. Don't ask me to volunteer. Because my time is valuable. You know what, I, what I'm learning? This does not make any sense. I promise you, you did not learn this in math class. If you will give God your time, you will accomplish more than you've ever done in your life. It, it's like, if you will start your day out with prayer and reading the Word, you'll get more accomplished on that day than you will any other day. It doesn't make sense. But neither does tithing. Tithing is idiotic. How can I give 10% away and have more at the end? It's God's math. Right? Are you listening to me? I'm serious. Only God can do something like that. And so tithing is a matter of trust. You know, It's just trust and saying, God, I, I trust you. I believe that I can give some away. And you'll make the other 90%. I heard one man explain it like this. If you put your money out on the table and you say, okay, God, here's 10%. This is yours. Then you know what you're giving to God. But you pull that back pile back together and see when you don't tithe, it'll, I don't know why I'm talking about tithing. (laughs) Uh, When you don't tithe, you allow Satan to reach in and grab. (laughs) He goes for the big bills, guys. He just goes, starts raking it back. You don't know what I'm meaning, do you? Satan will steal more from you than 10%, I promise you. But the Word of God makes a promise 
that he will rebuke the devourer over you. So tithing is a matter of trust. And we'll get off that. So I didn't come here to preach on tithing, I promise. (laughs) Turn your Bibles to Matt. No, you don't have to. I I typed it. Matthew chapter 25. Uh, Just look on the screen. Matthew chapter 25, verse 34. He says, Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and he gave me food. I was thirsty, and he gave me drink. I was a stranger, you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, now this is judgment, okay? This is after the verse 31 says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory with all the holy angels with him, he'll sit on the throne of his glory. So this is after this life. This is talking about the judgment, the beam of seat of Christ for us. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, and as much as you did it to one of the least of these, my brother, you did it to me. And he'll also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, you gave me no food. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. They will also answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry, thirsty, naked, sick, and did not minister you? And he will answer them, saying, Surely I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment. But the righteous enter into eternal life. <clears throat> Let me just tell you a couple of things and we're going to close. <clears throat> Number one, the thing that, that jumps out to me more than anything is nothing goes unnoticed with the Lord. No deed, you know, we're talking about service. No deed that you ever have done goes unnoticed to Him. It's the small things. You know, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13, he says, There is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to him, the eyes of to him to whom we must give an account. All my life, I feared that verse. I thought, dear Jesus, I do not want you to see me. Not that closely. There's lots of things in my life I'd just rather you be blind to. And now, that verse brings me great peace. Is my life perfect? No. Not at all. But I want you to know, He sees me. You know, in the Old Testament, I think it's Jehovah Roi, the Lord sees. Do you know He sees you today? The Lord sees you. <laughs> I know we hear that and we, we think of judgment. Oh man, He sees me. That's a good thing. See, because the Lord is my shepherd. And I shall not want. The Lord loves you more than anyone else on this earth. And he sees you. He knows you're getting up. He knows you're going down. He knows your plans for tomorrow. The Lord knows us. He sees us. And he's not mad at you. The Lord knows what you do in secret to take care of people. 
and just caught your eyes. The Lord knows you've got five children. Is that right? You've got five children. <laughs> and the Lord knows how busy you are. <laughs> you know, uh, we were talking and Treva said this to me. She said, um, that's mama shame. Mama guilt. And I said, what are you talking about? She said, when a mama has to work, when a mama has to do this to provide for her children, has to do that, she has mama guilt. Because she doesn't think that she's the best mama. Ladies, you deal with that? Can you, can you identify with that? It's true, right? You know that's not of God, right? You know that's the enemy trying to make you guilty. You know the Lord knows that. You know the Lord knows your children and he sees your effort. What if we took this portion of scripture for just a second and said, when did you clothe me? Well, when you were two months old, I wiped your butt and put a diaper on you, right? Don't you think that could be applied to that? When did you feed me? I fed you for the first two years of your life. You wouldn't be here if I wasn't sticking a bottle or a boob in your mouth. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that just come out, I promise. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, let's go on. <laughs> I, I was in trouble now. <laughs> okay, the first thing is, let's go back. The first thing is, nothing's hid from God. God sees it all. The second thing is, the righteous never thought about it. The righteous asked this question, when did we do that? See, their service, they wasn't doing their service because they thought there was a blessing that was coming. They was doing their service because they loved. They loved that baby. Or they loved that community. They loved like Jesus loved. Do your service as unto the Lord. Not to get a brownie point. Number three. Who are the least of these? (laughs) I think it's our babies. I think it's people that don't have anything. People, you know, you know, our rich people, our poor people are rich in the world standards. Try going to Africa. Our friend said this. He said, you could bring everything you own and throw it at Africa's problems and you would leave broken. They would leave unchanged. You do not have enough to change their problems. Truth. The same thing is true in America. All your money cannot solve problems. Our problems are, listen to me, our problems in America will not be solved with money and they will not be solved with education. They're going to be solved when the church becomes the church. Judgment will be based on moral character and character is revealed by charitable deeds. Listen to this. Outward evidence demonstrates inner righteousness. Outward evidence demonstrates inner righteousness. Good works do not produce good character. 
good character produces good work. That's the word. Does God want me to serve? Absolutely. Find some place and go to work for the kingdom. Would you stand with me? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This young lady over here is a senior in high school. And we were talking the other night. And um, she's got a lot of decisions. She's very gifted. So because of her giftedness, it's opened many, many doors to her. Everybody wants her, in other words. And so now she has to find, where does God want me to be? And she said to me... I said, Jasmine, I said, pray about that. And she looked at me and it penetrated my heart. And she said, will you pray for me? And I left. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> but those words didn't leave me. So I came in the next day and I wrote on my calendar, pray for Jasmine. God is going to use you to be an influence and an influencer. And you can have peace because He will direct you. So I know, I started to know a little bit about your mentality because you're smart. And so am I. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I know smart people try to write things down. And so you make lists of pros and cons. And you think, well, this I could do this or I could do that. Just throw that garbage aside. All you want to know is where is he taking you? That's it. It's that simple. Lord, I just want to be where you are at and where you want me. And that's true for Jasmine. It's also true for every one of you. Throw your pencil and paper away. Quit trying to figure out the plan of God. And just say, Lord, I submit. I submit to you. This old body, it's yours. The talents, the gifts, the abilities, and the hang-ups. I submit them all to you. Use them. Help me to be salt and light. Help me to add the God flavor to this world. The God kind of light. So that when people look at me, they don't see me. They see Jesus shining in me. Could that be your prayer today? Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Let me just ask very quickly. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior... The very first thing you need to take care of is your salvation. So you got to get on board first before you can ask him to do all these things in your life. You got to get him in your heart. See, when the Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, 
He says He would make us partakers of the divine nature of God. And forever that's fascinated me. But then I finally realized how He does it. He does that. He makes us a partaker of the divine nature of God by putting the nature of God in us. (laughs) So when you get saved, the Holy Ghost comes and lives in you. So, yes, you can partake of the nature of God because now He is in you. But you have got to live your life in submission. And that's difficult. Because that old flesh keeps rising up, does it not? It keeps rising up and saying, I want to do this. and I want to do that. And I think this is good. And I think that's good. And you've got to keep saying, it doesn't matter what you think. It matters what He thinks. So pretty much every day of your life, you're going to get up from this day forward and saying, God, here I am. I'm your servant. I submit myself to you. Let's pray it. Jesus, we come before you today. Lord, if there's someone in the house today that's never invited you in, I pray right now that they would ask you to forgive them of their sins. Come into their heart. Be Lord and Savior. Lord, I ask, Lord, that you would do the spiritual work of making them a new creation in Christ right now, in Jesus' name. And Lord, for the rest of us, Lord, our prayer today is that we would submit to you, that we would be salt and light in this world, that we would be an outward-focused church, that we're going to go get them, God. We're going to go and bring them to the house of God. We're going to go to work with a different attitude. We're going to go to work realizing that we're salt in that job. And that we are to help people and be the light of Christ in that place. So Lord, I'm just going to say, Father, we repent for being the problem at work. We repent for being the gossip at work. And Lord, from this day forward, we're going to let our light shine. And it's going to take people by surprise. And we're going to let the salt make people salty for, or make people thirsty for you. So God, I can't do that in myself, but I'm giving you authority to do that in me. So I submit my will to the will of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Brother Denny, would you come close us out? God bless you. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, We certainly did. Quit hitting me. <laughs> Good. A uh, couple of announcements, real quick. Uh, before before service started, uh, I was greeting Belinda, and she mentioned that uh, the Plumley Nursing Home has uh, people that normally come at two o'clock on Sunday and, and pray for people, uh, but the guy that leads it is sick and won't be there today so she said maybe somebody and i said well i'll I'll mention it after service and then the whole service is talking about how we're supposed to serve right and how we're supposed to serve outside of these walls so uh god put it together perfectly now i'm giving you an opportunity to serve outside of these walls right so if you'll turn this way belinda wave your hand in there if you'll see Belinda after service, if, if you feel like God's tugging on you 
to, to take that step of faith and, and go serve outside these walls and pray for people at the nursing home. See Belinda and she'll tell you, you know, where to go and all that stuff. So, uh, I just love how, how God puts all that together. He gives us the theory and then He gives us the practical application and allows us the opportunity to put them together. So, that's great. Uh, also, the security team is having a meeting immediately after service in the fellowship hall. So if you're part of that or if you want to be part of that, uh, go out there at that time. And then finally, uh, another reminder of our uh, community service is this Friday. It's at New Beginnings in Big Sandy. Thursday. Does it, say? it does say Thursday. I don't know why I said Friday, but normally it's on Friday. But uh, it is Thursday, uh, November 30th at 630 uh, that's Pastor Ray Anderson's church. If you if you know Pastor Ray, if you have kids that been to Emden, you know Pastor Ray. Uh, but that's his church, and uh, the opportunity for us to come together with them is is wonderful. So uh, don't forget about that. Raise your hand, receive the Lord's blessing. May the Lord bless you, and may He keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord live His countenance upon you and give you peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Go in peace and serve the Lord.